0: Welcome to the Infinite Spark of Being podcast. My name is Keith Welsh. You are going to notice that there is no lead in music and there will be no closing music because I am just kind of throwing this up there. This is another journal episode from The Car. There's also no video component to this, so don't go to the YouTube page looking for it. Um, though I have begun uh, filming a lot of these and I have episodes ready to post. But. Um, this is more of a journal than any other journal. Um, So what I'm gonna be talking about is, I'm gonna just wrap up the Dalai Lama. Uh, Grief and loss, our energetic gas tank, and uh, karmic sacrifice, I guess is the way I would put it. Um, But if you'd like to continue supporting me in this effort of creating this thing, you could do that at the infinite where there's t-shirts, art prints, uh, hoodies, tank tops, uh, books, Patreon Venmo, um, all of it. And if you ever have questions and you just want to talk, um, you know, I've got, uh, you you can DM me. A lot of you have realized that I, I haven't really leaned on this as hard, but, um, yeah, we can talk. Um, if you want to do some trauma stuff, if you want to, whatever, we can we can talk. We can figure something out. Um, yeah, my uh, yogic practice is karma yoga, meaning that um, you just stay in service no matter what without attachment to the outcome, which sounds easier than it is. So uh, I got a little, uh, I slacked off on episodes and a bunch of stuff as I had a sinus infection for a couple weeks that I tried to clear up on my own. (laughs) Um, Which, uh, inevitably, I ended up at a MedExpress using my health insurance for the first time. Um, Yeah, I don't really go to the doctor Like last year, for instance, I found out, because I work in a medical-ish profession, um, so last year I had a sinus infection, and our uh, medical whatever head lady, she prescribed to me amoxicillin, and I found out at the age of 45, or 44, or whatever it was at that time, that I am allergic to amoxicillin, (laughs) so... And everyone, uh, how can you be in your 40s and not know you're allergic to moxicillin? And it's like, well, I've never taken an antibiotic. I, just, I don't know. Um, so I got on an antibiotics um, and then some methylprednisone and uh, still dealing with some residual sinusy stuff as sinuses are my lot in life. But um, <laughs> whatever. Uh, so to touch base on the Dalai Lama before I get into the rest of this um, a friend of mine Mike hey Mike. asked me uh, if my opinions had changed about the Dalai Lama and it hasn't um, if anything now I'm just like in a massive eye roll when it comes to the Tibetan apologists and the Tibetans themselves um, so funny let it go. The dudes, he got, the, it's, it's, he's, look, no one's saying that, I mean, I'm not saying the Dalai Lama's a fucking sexual predator or whatever. I am saying that the man is a hundred goddamn years old or 87 or whatever and a fucking gear slipped and for whatever reason, he wanted that boy to suck on his tongue. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I think that, that when you put... Because the idea of these Tulkus, um, you know, Karmapa, uh, the lineage I took refuge in, he's uh, like the, the head of that is called Karmapa. And we have the, you know, our Karmapa's, the, I, I like the Karmapa. I liked the one before him, though I wasn't old enough to really know about him or even educated enough to know who he was. But reading about him, very interesting guy very wizardly he was a very mystical figure and this karmapa um when i first took refuge he i think he was like in his 20s um, very interesting um, people uh, and you know um, if karmapa asked a boy to suck his tongue um i'd be i'd be surprised i get it I, it's it's a shocking thing when like This person, and it is a person that you revere, um, does something weird. But there's an interesting TED Talk by Karmapa that you should check out. I think it's called The Technology of Compassion. And he talks about becoming Karmapa. Like, when they just came to him and he was like, I was just playing with my toys and they're like, you're a Karmapa. And he's like, huh? You know? Um, He wasn't uh, self-aggrandizing at all. It's very interesting, actually. Because he almost... Like, what I got from it, and I don't, obviously don't know how the man feels, but its it was almost like, ugh, okay, I'll do it, is what it felt like to me. Um, he didn't seem like, oh, this is a great honor, or oh my God, am I really a reincarnated... You know what I mean? It wasn't anything like that. What's spooky about it, though, is the older he gets, the more he looks like the previous Karma, which <laughs> is really creepy. Um, anyway. So, um... I think that, um, man, look, to be honest, I think anytime you remove sex from your life and you try to like, look at the Catholic church, like, you know, I mean, that's probably, I mean, that's obviously a lot more nefarious than the Dalai Lama asking a boy to suck on his tongue, but you got energy in that body and you got predilections and proclivities and whatever You're suppressing all of them. And I don't know. Maybe one day there's a boy sitting there and you just fucking go crazy because you're 87 and you've never fucked anybody. I have no idea. I don't know. Maybe he has. I don't know what the fuck they're doing in these fucking temples. Anyway, I don't know, man. But when you take, like, so essentially what these teachers are is they're, they are an embodiment of um, the teaching, the Dharma. They are considered often to be, you know, like like the Dalai Lama is considered to be Chinreze. ...or the embodiment of... ...like Omane Hum ...for some of you that don't know Shinrezi... ...the Omane Pemehom mantra is the Chenrezig mantra... ...the mantra of compassion... Chenrezig being the Buddha or Yidam... ...or deity of compassion... ...um... ...he's supposed to be that... ...teaching... ...or sadhana come to life... ...some believe that he is the Buddha himself... ...and that Karmapa is also... ...like all these lineage heads are like the Buddha... ...um maybe I don't fucking know um, but uh, that's the belief for a lot of people um, and a lot of folks twist things around so it sounds a little less weird but that's really what it is and when you take that the dharma like say you take a teaching a belief system and you make a human being the embodiment of it you're fucking up You <laughs> just that you're fucking up already you know from a PR standpoint you're taking a shit on this thing and you know uh, whereas you look at you know um, Hinduism you know the, the, the worship of a statue but the idea that the statue, the illustration the painting, the whatever is a physical representation, though they would say a manifestation of um, this God, this aspect of God, right? Vishnu uh, Ganesh Kali, all of it is the representation of this specific aspect of God right, so Brahma, Shiva, Vishnu uh, all one God but aspects of this we call it the creative force, we call it source consciousness you know, and there's a lot of different ways in uh, that particular system of telling that story of God Um, but you know a statue isn't going to ask a boy to suck its tongue right so you're kind of safe with that. Don't let uh, these creeps—not creeps—I feel I even feel bad calling them a creep. I don't know. This fucking these people. Don't let them sway your understanding of the teachings. Um, I never wanted to get attached to being a Buddhist. Obviously, I mean, some of you that know me know that I'm definitely that definitely don't fucking act like one. Um, but it's uh, an understanding. A jumping-off point for me understanding the world. I will be honest with you, the more I learned about Buddhism, the more I understood the Dharma, not all the stupid rules that some of you are obsessed with, but the actual teachings, the more I was like, oh, this is just in the Bhagavad Gita. That if you read the Bhagavad Gita and you, especially if you buy the uh, Eknath Ishwan, if I'm even saying that right, his commentary, then you get it, that's life this isn't about a religion or system being right it's just like I've said before everyone's going up the same mountain there's a lot of trails up that mountain and you can take a lot of vehicles on all of those trails I happen to vibe with the Bhagavad Gita and Krishna and that whole thing but Buddhism has been something that really allowed me to understand the mind and has made me very effective in the work that I do so I review the Buddha as a human being that changed the world. Siddhartha Gautama, if he was real or whatever the fuck, then he changed everything and you know, that's touching to me when I see a statue of the Buddha, it's touching to me because it's like that's the guy. That guy changed my life. That guy probably read <laughs> definitely read the Bhagavad Gita and Right? Because, I mean, Buddha was a Hindu. But these things, um, you know, it's like when I see Prabhupada, like, I'm not a follower of IceCon. I don't, I think they're a bit wacky. Um, no, I don't. I think they're beautiful. It's just, I can't get down like that. And it tends to, these ashrams tend to be shelters for some fucking weirdos. Like, I shared the other day of uh, John Joseph's. Uh, post about that one brahmachari uh you know the pedophile um and then he also mentioned the same post uh uh radhanath swami being a bit of a fucking creep himself and i love radhanath swami's teachings i love what he says but him as a person is um he's a fucking creep um Just a fucking, and it's, to be honest, what's hilarious is the first time I ever saw that guy and I read his book going home, uh, but I looked at him like every spidey sense, my body went off. I was like, nah, this dude's a fucking weirdo. Um, but I also have to remember, I, there's an abused child that still lives inside of me. Right. And, uh, maybe I didn't know, you know, sometimes I don't know if that's like little Keith going "Uh, uh, Nope. Or if it's rational. I don't know. I don't know. But um, the more research I did on on him, the more I learned that he is actually a bit of a thug and kind of a piece of shit. But um, there's also, I, I don't know for sure. I know that I saw a very compelling video of him shaking somebody down with some other uh, devotees. So, um, yeah. You can't, but when I see Prabhupada... Um, I feel a lot of love though he would never condone my lifestyle <laughs> you know I understand that he had a lot of skin in his game and you know, respect but I still love him um, because he brought something to the west that uh, changed my life completely and that is chanting Hare Krishna and my time in that uh seen, if you will, was valuable and changed me for the better, and it's still things that I use today to help other people change themselves, so gotta give respect and Radhanath had said stuff that, you know, stuck with me, so it's, it's crazy, you know, because you get the teaching and it's ah, I've always kind of had the same mentality that, that you know, Ram Das had mentioned, is like, if you had a teaching, I want it, you know, and yeah. But when you lay up your treasures where moth and dust doth corrupt, you will find pain. And if you lean on a human being as the source of salvation or whatever it is, then you're going to have a real problem with that. Um, and I'm sure there's some allegory there that, that I should probably take a look at. All right. So, um, energetic capacity, energetic gas tank. You know, um, this body. You know this genetic code—that's this constantly altering skin suit meat body that is, you know, changing and evolving all the time—and it's, but it's—it's got only a certain amount of energy in it. And um, the reason I'm doing this—I couldn't even sit down, and I just—it's not like I couldn't. I just had a lot of other things to do, and by the time I get to this, it's like I. Because there's a lot of mental energy I put into it. Um, and it might not sound like it, but I do try to, you know, to add the music and things. It's, it's just, I don't know. I My mind's gas tank is done. And I do all this trauma stuff. And last week we had... Um, and this gets hard because I know there's ex-clients that listen to this. So there's certain aspects of my life I just have to, like... You know, and then you know, to keep quiet, it's just, it's complicated. But I'm kind of at a point in my life where it's like, I don't fucking care. So there was something really uh, tragic. Uh, tragic's a weird word. Something very bad happened. But something complicated and difficult occurred at work. Um, and um, it required a lot of me mentally and emotionally um for instance one day i did nine rrt sessions no hold on let me take the word rapid resolution therapy out of this because that whole apparatus can go fuck itself and john Connolly can go fuck a fire hydrant as far as i'm concerned um that's a fucking money grab if i ever saw one a few people have pushed me to put my own system together for to people for free just a fucking But this guy, Jesus, anyway, I did nine, we'll just say nine trauma sessions with this cognitive reframing system that I'm, that I've been doing for a while now, people, a couple years, um, nine sessions in a row over this event that occurred, um, and then, you know, I've got like the normal work that, you know, I, I, go and do this with people privately and at different facilities and just kind of takes it out of you man Box truck just ran a red light dude Palm Beach County I swear to god these motherfuckers are colorblind or something sometimes that dude just fucking went right through that light I'm gonna do something kind of fucked up here People just fucking pay attention to what you're doing. It's just fucking try. You know, it's like I realize, you know, you might not have anybody that loves you or cares for you. So you're just going to drive like a fucking asshole. But some of us are cared for by people. People love us and they want to see us. So, if you know, so when you drive like a shithead and you hurt people, then you hurt their loved ones. And you hurt all these other people and you cause this like reverberation. You know, if you want to fucking, I don't know, wrap your box truck around a fucking light pole, do it on your own time. Um, but just don't hit any other cars. So, um, slight digression. Uh, so I just didn't have the fuck. I was struggling. It was interesting. And the reason I'm talking about it is because. I'm always a little shocked. There's a piece of me that believes that I am above getting tired and I am above certain pain and suffering because I work out and I take care of myself. And I, and I understand this and I understand that. And then it's like, I get whopped in the face with like the fact that like, you know, I'm just a mortal. I don't even think it's a conscious belief I have. It's just, like, I feel like maybe sometimes I just ignore all those things, which I guess is helpful for other people because then it allows me to do work for others. But then what, what happens is I end up neglecting myself. Um, but after this thing that had occurred last week, um, it was hard because it dawned on me that I didn't have anybody um I felt very alone um, and I tried reaching out to people um, to uh, and I don't realize that I isolate myself sometimes. I don't realize it until like I need somebody. And I have friends and things and I, but sometimes you have a special connection with somebody and you just feel understood by that person, and that's what I was missing last week. And it, thank God, I had the sense to reach out to um, reach out to a lot of people. I'm surrounded by therapists, which is great, but you know, there's one special person that I just ended up reaching out to, and I'm glad I did. Um, because it's it's one thing to talk to a therapist, and God knows I've talked to enough of them that I'm <laughs> going. And my clinical director, uh, this woman Katie, fucking superhero. You know, because uh, being a clinical director in the world that I'm in is fucking drag. But she made time for me, and we're very similar in a lot of ways, so cornered my thinking a lot, corrected a lot of it for me when it was too close to me to see it, for me to see it. Uh, But this other person, sometimes you just know these people in your life where, like, where I can say anything. I can say some of the meanest, darkest shit, you know, and this person gets it. And they always get it and they don't judge me and I don't feel more importantly I don't feel judged right I feel safe saying certain things I think a lot of us miss that in our lives the ability to just say something that's very sketchy (laughs) um it's 6am by the way I started this thing at (laughs) 5.30 going into work um Early to work on the book, go for a run, go to the gym, and then uh, talk to a group of people for three hours. That's my Saturday. Um, but uh, I, just, my gas tank went empty, and what somebody had mentioned—they go, you know, to like this week you poured into everybody and nobody was pouring back into you. And they were right. And then this person, person that I reached out to was somebody we'd kind of distanced ourselves from each other for various reasons. And it was hard to reach back out, but in the end I'm glad that I did, and they were glad that I did. And, and that person kind of fills me back up um, to where I feel like I can deal with others again (laughs) so all week it was just grief and loss like amongst our community amongst staff and then it felt like every session I did with somebody was grief and loss like horrible fucking stories the shit that happens to kids the shit that happens to adults you know sometimes in this field we hear stories that um so it's sometimes it's just so sick that if I asked you to come up with something in your mind and use your all your imagination to do it like you couldn't fucking think of some of this shit um it's crazy it's, what, what happens to humans is insane um but um the reason grief and loss is difficult is cause it's a confusion in the mind um I didn't experience any grief and loss this week. Just to make that clear, like for me, you know, just to mention, actually, one thing I was going to talk about is the word karmic. uh, The term karmic sacrifice came to mind because sometimes the things that happen to us, you know, there's that classic annoying therapist phrase of, "Is this happening to you or for you?" um, Which makes me want to go. Fucking punch a tree, because um, I know it's that painful for me. But um, sometimes these things happen. It's not always for you. It's for somebody else, and that's very difficult for people. You know, because um, it, we forget that we're fingers on a hand, and sometimes the things that are happening to the thumb are for the pinky. Does that make sense? Um, because after this thing occurred at work, which I realize I'm being very vague, and I can't, I don't know if I can be more low. I should know. I should actually be more. Jesus Christ. I just, it's an HR email just flashed in my head. Um, what happened, though, was it brought all of us as staff together. I feel very at home and close to the people I work with and it brought the whole community of patients and clients together. And there's other things that were were going to be difficult for other people, but in my world it did more good than it did harm. Now, it was a very difficult difficult 48 hours. But right now, like... To eat a shit sandwich and then have this as the result. Like, that's to me, like, yeah, you know, it's gonna be bad for other people, but it really helped a lot of other people. It may have been very difficult for the thumb, but the middle finger, pinky, they're all thriving now. That's a difficult thing to think about, you know, when you think of the horrible things that happen to people. That happened to families. You know? I don't know. It's, 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 I hate to use the term, but it's butterfly effect stuff. It's just, it ripples out. It just ripples out. And um, that's hard for the mind to understand because the mind is very uh, selfish and confused. And so, because the mind is using the human ego. And again, the ego is not your enemy. It's a fantastic servant. It's a horrible master, but it's the reality testing function of it where it you believe on some level that you are a separate somebody in the universe, which evolutionarily makes perfect sense. That you would need to feel that way in order to uh, uh, procreate and all this kind of stuff. So But what happens with grief and loss, you know, just quickly before um, too far into other things, is that the mind uses an object to... So the mind reminds the body how to feel. The mind reminds the body how to feel through symbols. People are symbols. And when we believe that that human body is the source of the love and the affection and everything that we have, then... um, and that person ceases to be in their body or that that soul or the energy, whatever we are calling it, ceases to live through a human body, then the mind gets very confused and it doesn't understand what's happening. It thinks that that source of love and and experience and all this stuff is gone and it's not. So a lot of the work that you do with somebody in grief is that you reconnect their mind to what that person is, not was. You know, there's a great saying, grief is not sacred. Because grief is keeping you from everything. And it's keeping you from doing the things that that person that you're mourning would want you to do. How they would want you to feel. Right? So, the mind thinks that that person... Now, now there's other issues. You know, you got to think, like, not only are you losing this person that your mind believes is the sort, that the meat body, you're losing this meat body that the mind believes is the source of love and all of the things that it's associated with this person's body, but now that death, that sudden thing or not sudden reminds the body of other things the mind reminding the body how to feel let's say the death was sudden, tragic just crazy and confusing um well then, I don't know, when else were you harmed by a moment that was crazy confusing and very sudden you know, there's a lot Is it sets off a chain of events inside of the nervous system, you know um and and it's it's subtle sometimes. Sometimes it's obvious. But um, yeah, grief is a confusion in the mind of what this person is. So if you have lost somebody, feel into who they are. The love, the experiences, those things still happened. But that's them. The body had nothing to do with them. And it's, you know, a little more complicated than that if we were sitting face to face. But um, you could start there. Start by saying it differently. This is who they are. They do love you, and you do love them, and this is who they are. The love, the laughter, the good times, the the admiration you may have had for each other, all this. It's that's still it's very real. It's very real. And the tears are okay. Cry. Just cry. And and just but stay with that thing that they are, not the story about the body. Um so basically I ran my tank dry and this is what happens Um, so uh, comes the Dalai Lama that is not the embodiment of the Dharma that's a human being that is very old and God knows what the fuck they think it do who knows grief is a confusion in the human mind Um, and uh, I ran my emotional gas tank into fumes and there you go um if you want to help me out support this you could do that at the infinite of com. t-shirts uh tank tops hoodies books patreon venmo it's all there uh, if you want to talk dm me we can work something out like you send me your phone number i'll send you my whatever um a lot of you've taken advantage of that in a good way i don't mean to sound bad but yeah um I'm at work now, and uh, let's uh let's go. All right, I love you. bye.